every hour on the hour. When we listen and gain our knowledge and power, we turn to the no bullshit hour. Just did breaking news. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. On my man. Good afternoon, everybody. August twenty fifth, twenty twenty. No bullshit news hour. August. Did you say August? August. <laughs> What? September, September Charlie. That's what my mail-in uh, voter application ballot said. <laughs> oh, it's a plot to have me mail it in late and not count. That's what we're going to talk about today, Michigan, and all the ships at sea, is the election. Nationally, statewide, and locally. The probability is there'll be no clear winner on election night. It's going to be at least a week for these ballots to be counted. Get used to it. That's the truth. Will you believe it? Let's say Trump is winning on the morning after the election, but his margin erodes as more mail-in ballots are counted. Trump sues to stop the tally, claiming the mail-in ballots are a fraud. The legal battle works its way up to the United States Supreme Court, which could decide to decline to stop the count or to order a stopping of the count. But of course, the U.S. Supreme Court is in political turmoil. We have trouble. What's going on at the Detroit city clerk's office? How do we even count these? We can't count in the first place. Joining us will be Stephen Kent, libertarian commentator and contributing writer to the Washington Examiner and political consultant, Michigan election expert, friend of mine, Steve Hood. But first, a word from our sponsors, American Coney Island. You know all about it. Let me tell you something. Get the Coney kit. I get Coney kits. And you know what happened today? I ran out of dog food. I couldn't leave the dog with no food. That'd be cruel. I did him extra good. I broke open the dozen dogs, proprietary dog, lambskin natural casing, and I gave four to him to my dog. And I love my dog more than almost anything or anybody else in the world. Good enough for my dog. Good enough for your best friend. Go to AmericanConeyIsland.com. Get a dozen dogs, the buns, the Vidalia onion, the proprietary chili. It's the best. One day we're going to have Ali on from Lafayette. Yeah. And Grace. Oh, boy. And let him go have a Coney War. Okay. Also, <laughs> as you all know, ADR, competent, honest, on time, and on budget. Get the job right with ADR Consultants, 248-318-9424 for any of your procurement, government, compliance, information, technology, and property management issues. Barry Ellen Tuckett, ADR, honest, ethical, smart, friend of the show. News will be coming on his front soon. 248-318-9424. Okay. Now, before we get to our guest and talking about what goes on with the Electoral College, before we have Stephen Kent on, I just want to rant. 
Oh, please do. I just want to rant, set this show up, okay? Now, I went down to the Detroit City Clerk's office this week to put in my volunteer papers to count absentee ballots in November. There are expected to be more than 200,000 mailed into Detroit alone. So, for an election office regarded as among the most inept in America, remember the August primary count was wrong in 72% of the precincts, speed and accuracy will be paramount. Because grumblings of fraud can already be heard and the ballots have only just started going out this week. What happens if Trump is winning on election night, but loses a week later when all the votes are finally counted? The Don won't commit to a peaceful transfer of power, but that's what Dons do. And the longer the count drags on, the more agitated the street soldiers become. Right? Right, Mark? Of course. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's it. Only the takes issue. a few of them. Yep. That's it. So, clerk's office, a dismal scene. I was forced to sit on the floor that was in desperate need of a mop to fill out my application. Once finished, I handed the clipboard back to the security guard who placed my application in a manila folder just like this one. <laughs> right? And there were no other applications huh. inside. None. And I was reminded by the empty folder that the American modern citizen has an allergic reaction to pitching in, preferring to bitch and complain with one hand clutching a TV remote, the other buried in a bag of Doritos. So, in steps Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan and makes things worse. He's announced he will shut down city government and send his employees to help the clerk and the Secretary of State count the absentee votes. It's not a good look. Duggan, it should be noted, was among the first prominent politicians in America to endorse Biden. And Duggan's son, Eddie, is serving as the political director of Biden's Michigan campaign. Hmm. Then there's the conflict of interest. Duggan <clears throat> has a mammoth property tax referendum on the ballot looking to raise $250 million for demolition, not including interest. He has not explained why demolition seems to be his biggest priority in a city where the schools continue to crumble, crime continues to rise, population continues to dwindle, and overtaxed homeowners continue to fall behind on their taxes. My guess would be that it's something to do with that outstanding and ongoing matter of the federal grand jury probes into the last round of demolition money. To make appearances even worse, Duggan was just named Scumbag of the Year by the Investigative Reporters and Editors Organization, which is dedicated to rooting out corruption in government. Hmm. Duggan in the city of Detroit won the booby prize, officially known as the Golden Padlock Award, recognizing the most secretive U.S. agency or individual. This in a year when we had impeachment in the Ukraine, right? And, and he's the winner. <laughs> After emails were destroyed last year that connected the mayor to a gal pal who was receiving preferential treatment and contracts from his administration. The emails were later retrieved uh, by the insistence and good work of the Detroit Free Press. And who was involved with destroying those emails for his honor? Who? His name? Ryan Friedrichs then the city's chief development officer and the husband of 
Oh, boy. I can only imagine. Wait for it. Who? Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, a Duggan protege who's in charge of counting the vote this November. I kid you not. Now, at the very least, the appearance is terrible and the timing worse. Duggan sending in dozens, if not hundreds of appointees and bureaucrats who are dependent upon him for a paycheck just reeks of nefariousness for those inclined to occupy their unoccupied hours with thoughts of conspiracy. And all it takes is a few, right, Mark? Yeah. That's all it takes. Oh, that and a keyboard. Now, add to all of this the fact that there are at least a half a million ineligible voters legally registered to vote in Michigan who will continue to receive unsolicited absentee ballot applications. I just got another one from Je- for Janet. Remember Janet last week? Oh, yeah. I got another one. Oh, I got it from a Washington, D.C.-based nonprofit which uses Michigan's latest qualified voters list, um, and they mailed out 4 million other applications this month alone. Those applications from the nonprofit were vetted and approved as official by Benson's office. So, question is, will there be widespread fraud? Listen to me clearly. Listen clearly. I sincerely, sincerely doubt it. It's difficult to stuff voting boxes with ballots tracked by barcode. But when Trump is already grumbling about fraud... When local political insiders are conducting the count, when there's a lack of voter education about how exactly the process will be conducted, people in the streets are left to draw their own conclusions. And as we all know by now, those people in the streets are starting to draw their weapons. As for my application, not surprisingly, this is going on day four, and I've yet to be contacted by the Detroit clerk who says it's an emergency and they need volunteers. Madam, I'm ready. I'm nonpartisan. And I'm able to count. And I'm guessing that manila envelope still has one application in it. Just one. Quick question on Jocelyn Benson. Yeah. Because you made that connection there. Uh, Her job before Secretary of State? She was, okay, here we go. It's trivia time. She was the dean of the uh, Wayne State, State, correct? Wayne State University. The emails uh, that were destroyed were in pertaining to. Um, Where did she work? The vice president of Wayne State Mm -hmm. University who worked in uh, prenatal care. Who, as we all know, Duggan was caught making, you know, midnight. Possibly booty calls. I don't know. You know, he's in there for an hour or two and he's gone. Once again. It was midday, Charlie. It was midday. (laughs) Not at midnight. It was midday. Broad daylight. It was more than it was it was more than just the day. Karen, let's be real. It was all hours of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Okay. Day day and night. (laughs) But once again, there's the appearance problem. Let's say there is nothing. That appearance is pretty awful. The connection, the Wayne State connection. The Friedrichs connection. It's just, it's, it's very incestuous. And, and look, everybody, whether you're a Detroiter or not, this affects you in Michigan because the more that Detroit loses out on public money or misspends it, the more the state has to come in and subsidize that. So it's not like the people of Detroit are just deadbeats. They're the highest tax people in the country with some of the lowest property values and some of the, the worst schools and the highest crime. This is Absolute bullshit. This is why we go to the polls. It should be 
conducted in the light, and we should all have an idea how the process is going to go. But it's all a machine. There, there are no Republicans around. There's nobody to counterbalance the machine. Yep. It's a real issue. All right, so let me do this. As Americans prepare to cast their votes for president, a nightmare is on the horizon. What if Donald Trump were to lose the presidency but refuse to accept defeat? Trump has already refused to commit to accepting the election outcome and a peaceful transition. Not saying he won't, he just won't commit to it. He's predicted massive fraud from absentee voting. Joe Biden has accused Trump of trying to steal the election and said he'd send the military in to boot Trump from the White House if he refuses to leave. The Supreme Court may have to play a role in deciding who's president, but with the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the high court is in a state of political turmoil. So what if, before we welcome in Stephen Kent, libertarian commenter, commentator and contributing writer to wa the Washington Examiner, let's play that uh, clip from Trump earlier this Will week. Will you commit to making sure that there is a peaceful transfer of power after the election? Well, we're going to have to see what happens. You know that I've been complaining very strongly about the ballots, and the ballots are a disaster. I and, understand that, but people are rioting. Do you commit uh, to making sure that there's a no, peaceful transfer of power? We want to have get rid of the ballots, and you'll have a very trans. We'll have a very peaceful. There won't be a transfer, frankly. There'll be a continuation. Uh, the ballots are out of control. You know it, and you know who knows it better than anybody else. The Democrats know it better than anybody else. Go ahead. Stephen, what's up, bro? As Yoda said in episode three of Star Wars, to a dangerous place, this line of thought is going to carry us. I took a chance getting a fuck a millennial on the that's program, awesome. and now we're yeah. Yoda. I mean, that's that's the only place to start. <laughs> Go ahead. What do you what do you mean by that? Oh, and by well, the way, before you get going, uh, anybody actually listening here and following on Facebook Live, if you've got a question, because what Stephen's going to do is give you the regular person explanation of what's going on. If you're confused at all, Carolyn will read it and we'll ask it to Stephen. Go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. No, that sounds good. I mean, we're just in a really, really risky place right now where both sides in this election have been priming their audiences. And I want to be very honest in saying both sides have been priming their audience um, to disbelieve and distrust whatever the election result is. You've seen since 2016, um, Donald Trump's inauguration day, half the windows in D.C. were broken out by left-wing rioters, and then they started up the Russia investigation and priming their folks on MSNBC to believe that the election was handed to Donald Trump by Vladimir Putin. And then after that, um, then it went the way of the Supreme Court is no longer legitimate because they didn't uh, put in uh, Merrick Garland and they put in Gorsuch and then Kavanaugh instead. Um, you have a breakdown on both sides of the aisle in terms of believing that these things are legitimate and that you, the winners are the winners. And I come from conservative and libertarian politics, and I, I'm sorry to say, but you know the the claims that I have seen and grew up in for so many years of massive widespread voter fraud and illegal immigrants stealing elections. It also taints the discussion when you're talking to the other side of the aisle. They don't believe that half the votes in the box are real and by Americans. Um, and so you have to ask yourself, well, where does this go? What is the logical conclusion of these beliefs? Um, and I happen to believe that they're street fighting. Um, and I don't believe that November and December is going to be peaceful. And I'm really, really upset to say that live on air. Um, it's, it's a pretty scary prospect. And in neither case, correct? So let's look. Here, here's the common thought. 
regular people do. Trump's people don't wear masks and they're not afraid of COVID. They're going to the polls. That's yeah. who it's going to register on election night when we're watching all the, the mannequins in their makeup and they're pressing the screens. And quite likely, we go to bed, Trump's got a lead. Over the week, it dissipates right. when these, these challenge votes come in and we have a, a, a crisis. On the other hand, Joe Biden, it's possible Joe Biden would be winning when we go to bed and get up. Outside chance that Trump starts to gain with the absentee ballots. Nobody's, yeah. I doubt that's going to happen, but nobody's going to accept this. I mean, yeah, there, there are so many different scenarios and, and you've outlined them all very nicely. And the one that you just described in, in the lead up to this segment is a thing that is now called the blue shift. All right. Mm -hmm. So the blue shift in political science, that's always kind of uh, developing over time is this thing that is happening more and more as democratic voter roles grow in part because large swaths of millennial and Gen Z voters coming of age, start voting Democrat. These voters prefer mail-in ballots. They prefer absentee because a lot of them travel, will go to college, and mail-in ballots take longer to count. There is a delay in tabulating them, just like you've said. And so what you have happen is that when people go to bed, Republicans appear to be winning. And then when they wake up, boom, Dems have caught up, they've taken the lead, or they have outright won. And it doesn't feel good. Republicans see this happening more and more and more. And to be frank, it goes the way of conspiracy very quickly, very quickly, instead of just looking at demographic change and realizing that there are reasons that voter preferences and habits change over time. Um, but that's a lot more uh, tough to wade into than the election was stolen. Um, and you come from a, a big city, a democratic machine city, and, and I understand that that's particularly visceral um, when you come from a big city of democratic politics like that. Stephen, are you surprised? I mean, the Democrats never really can play the game the Republicans play. They're not as as tough and, and you know, they, they won't go low. I think we all know that saying. Are you surprised you don't hear the message from them to, hey, just get your votes in now. Let's just count them as fast as we can now. Are you surprised that, that they've gone very negative with the national election? Yeah, their, their messaging is just now starting to change a little bit. Um, initially, the Democrats were doing this like, oh, we're very righteous COVID-19 warriors. Everybody do mail-in. Everybody do USPS voting. Um, and now AOC, honestly, actually, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has started to beat the drum about it is safe enough to go in and turn in your mm. ballot in person and everybody who wants their vote to be counted should. But she's saying that because she thinks Louis DeJoy, the Trump appointee running the Postal Service, is going to stash away her ballot underneath his house. Oh, God, more and, conspiracy. And so, again, this is coming from a place of conspiracy. Well, that's that all it takes because in, in one – one, one county in, in Pennsylvania, I don't have the report in front of me, but they found yeah. nine discarded absentee ballots, right? Seven, at least yeah. seven were for Trump. And and that's already going around the country. But it's nine. Yeah. Well, these it's, thing, these hey, man, happen, right? it, it could be these nine million, bro. <laughs> but it's not. Yeah. yeah. Stephen, I mean. Yeah, but, when you, but when you say that every vote counts, yeah, you can trivialize the number that it's only nine, but you can't, you know, c convey to citizens that their vote counts if theirs happens to be one of those nine. So, you know, then you do open up. Meh. Yeah. And this is what's baked into one of the say, general. The other nine thousand. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what's baked into some of the general distrust that Americans mm -hmm. have in the system. And, and I think it's on constitutionalist conservatives and libertarians to lead the way on understanding and explaining what happens here. We're not a popular vote country. And when it comes to the presidency, we're an electoral college uh, system. And so one thing that you don't often hear talked about in punditry these days is this thing called the interregnum period. 
This is the total of 75 or 79 days that gives um, 35 days for the vote to be counted and for lawsuits to be put in and resolved. That is from November 3rd voting day um, all the way to December 8th, right? And then after that 36th day, okay, so that the is states, when the Electoral the states, College Let's do be. this. Let's get So we go nice and easy. The yeah. states have until December 8th to resolve any disputes over the vote, right? With the state electors, the Electoral College, casting their votes. Yes. Um, they have until that time to deal with voting and ballot issues. Okay. It is at December 8th, then when it is time for the Electoral College to convene and cast their votes, which they're just going based off of how the outcomes came out in their states. And most states bind their electors to vote in accordance with the state. Okay. So as I understand it, my little research, the Electoral College is supposed to vote on December 14th, correct? Yes. That is correct. 538 electors uh, tapped by state legislatures around the country to go in and cast the votes on behalf of any given state. So it's almost like it's just a process and it's, it's, it's pomp and circumstance, right? They're, they're bound to vote as the vote went. They, they are, but a little funny thing here, and it's never really happened before, but only in 33 states are um, uh, electors bound to cast their votes in accordance with the outcome of their state. You have another swath of states where technically they can go a different way and change their vote, um, but then the state legislature can fine you with a financial penalty, penalty from hundreds to thousands of dollars. Now, the big question is, you know, is this a rich person? I mean, hundreds of dollars might be nothing to them. Um, and so that makes people distrustful, but it's never happened before. Um, and so it's always this looming cloud of will these electors might break if they think this is a flight 93 election and they've got to storm the cockpit and get a certain president in or out. So then the newly elected Congress tallies those votes on January 6th in a joint session, the Democratic controlled House and the Republican-controlled Senate, well, assuming it holds, assuming it holds. Yeah, essentially, and, and their tabulation is, it's all pomp and circumstance, like you meant. Um, and this is stuff that we don't ever hear about. The election is usually decided within 24 to 48 hours right. after voting day, and then we go about planning our Thanksgiving get-togethers and getting ready for Christmas and Hanukkah. You know, like, we don't ever hear about, oh, it's December 16th, and this candidate has officially won, mm -hmm. because they're declared the winner by cable news and television you know, the day after based on how the numbers are breaking down. Um, and so we have a really dicey situation ahead of us where we don't know for several weeks. We're carrying on into the interregnum period all the way through November and into December. And the media is putting out changing narratives about who is the president. And then people tear each other apart as a result. And the responsibility is really going to be on the media to hold shit. their fire oh, on, on anointing a winner. This is their fucking Super Bowl, dude. You know what I yeah. mean? They, this this yeah. is what they exist for. You know what Maddow is going to do. You know what Hannity's going to mm -hmm. do. I'm worried about you all out there. Do you trust this process? Stephen, should the American people and my people trust the mail-in process? Yes, you should. And the reason that I say that is what other choice are you really suggesting? And I know that doesn't feel good, but you are suggesting if you say you don't trust it, that it would be legitimate to go through other means 
to change the governments of the country. You're talking about civil unrest. You're talking about infighting. And if you don't believe in the system, that is what you are submitting to as the alternative, because that's why we have politics. I just, I encourage people to be involved in your local politics, hold those checks and balances strong, watch polling places. But the second you go out there and say that this is not real and that we are being governed in some banana republic by someone who didn't win, you're opening the door to things I, I don't think that you're prepared um, to engage with. Wow, that's pretty deep. Yeah. But do we do, do you feel like we're kind of being set up for that based on what Trump's comments have been? You know, there's not going to be a peaceful transition. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've heard and read over time that this could be the um, erosion, if you will, uh, of democracy as we know it. So are we just being set up for what you just laid out? Yeah, I, I tend to call this a self-fulfilling prophecy, um, that the more we talk about that the election is going to be delayed for weeks mm -hmm. and yeah. that it's going to be unclear who the winner is, then it just it, it, it wills itself into existence, that that's just what happens. Um, and I, I, I really worry about that. And I say that as a pundit who's on your radio show right now expressing these concerns. But, you know, we really have to believe that the system has a, a process and a set of rules and that things will be handled by the time they're supposed to be handled, which the president is constitutionally bound to be out of the White House if they lost by January 20th. And we cannot have a situation where two guys show up on January 20th in D.C. to be anointed president. It's possible. So let's go through this scenario, okay? Mm -hmm. December 8th is the deadline for res resolving the poll disputes, right? That's correct. And we'll assume, we'll just assume Biden is winning. I'm not saying he's going to, it could be Trump, but let's just mm -hmm. say Biden for consistency. So one scenario, Trump concedes, Biden's in, everything's good in the hood, right? Boom, easy. But then the no. If Trump, with the backing of a party, uh, says he's going to take the election fight to Congress, mm -hmm. which under the Constitution has the responsibility for counting the votes, then it would go to December 14th, correct? Something like that. Um, the only way in which Trump could go to Congress would be if there was uh, an electoral college tie. And that would be the scenario in which Congress gets involved. Otherwise, this will be a legal fight like we saw in 2000, Bush v. Gore, that eventually goes to the Supreme Court and they get involved and they go like, the, the recounting has to stop now. And it's worth remembering that Al Gore did not lose because the Supreme Court spiked the ball in his face in 2000. He lost the election because the court ruling was handed down on December 12th, six days before the Electoral College was set to gather. And though he had the constitutional grounds to keep fighting and take this thing further, he did step back and he conceded because he, as the vice president, thought it would be untactful to be involved as the president of the Senate, being, you know, as the vice president is, to guide this process and anoint himself president. He didn't like the look of that. You can say what you will about Al Gore, but he did a sort of statesmanly thing there where he bowed out. Hmm. Um, and that's why that was resolved. I don't think we have two candidates on the ballot this year who are going to do that kind of thing. Well, we know Trump won't, and we know Hillary Clinton's told Biden don't concede under any circumstance. Right, right. So, so I believe it's the case in my state, I know it is in other states I've lived in, that the governor has the responsibility for signing and transmitting the votes of the electors and sending it to Congress, correct? Mm -hmm. So what happens if she signs a vote of Democratic electors and the Republican-controlled legislature in Michigan decides they're sending their own 
slate of electoral votes. And now they both go to Washington before Congress. Congress has to decide which ones are legitimate from Michigan, the swing state. And mm -hmm. Pence, who has the tiebreaker, decides to go with the Republicans. Yeah. And just to be clear, are we talking about an electoral college tie situation? Yes. Well, we're, we're talking about what, what are we actually going to certify to send to Washington yeah. from our electors? Yeah, from the electors picked for the college. Um, I mean, basically what happens is that states have set in place um, how electors can be picked, and it's already baked into state law. And so after November 3rd, when we get into voting day, you would have to have, in theory, a state legislature that is nimble enough, has a strong enough majority enough to change their elector laws that are on the books and get it signed by a governor and get it all done within 30 days, which is just very, very, very unlikely. Well, you could also so it's, do it's this. A, it's a scenario which I, I don't think that we have to unpack too much because it's just logistically so hard. To well, you don't off. have to change it. You could, because we do have a nimble uh, mm -hmm. legislature that's Republican controlled with enough votes. They could simply claim their constitutional right under, uh, you know, um, um, uh, Article two, and just send them, and create a just create a mess. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. I mean, you're, talk, you're talking about you know extra constitutional chaos, and the the answer is we don't have a playbook for that kind of thing. We don't have a playbook for if Joe Biden calls on his friends in the Pentagon who prefer him over Donald Trump and say it's time to haul this guy out of here. We don't know how to handle those situations, um, which is what makes them very scary. So in the end, and we'll. we'll wrap this up and I'll, I'll leave some room for my colleagues. It's all really going to come down to you, me, Mark, my mother, the community at large to more or less accept that this is a fair process. And if we don't, we're headed into no man's land. That's correct. Vote and go home and prep for the holidays. Um, and accept that we live in the greatest and still most free country in the world. And Donald Trump has been your president for four years. You don't live in a rigged system. The states, they're a little bit different. Demographics are different state to state. Um, but, you know, the system will truck on and there will always be a bright tomorrow. Uh, but if you choose to, to accept the elections are not legitimate and that we don't live uh, in a democratic society, then you are choosing um, something else that's going to be a lot more ugly. And I, I, like I said earlier, I don't think that's a check. Most of us are really willing to cash. Yeah, but see what- And, and you're also talking to those patriots, Stephen, who are hell-bent on believing that the system is rigged if, in fact, Trump doesn't win. I mean, right. because I, you're speaking very objectively in middle of the road, which is safe and appropriate. But, you know, people tend to always think, you know, everybody's going to be upset if Joe Biden doesn't win. But you have a large constituency that will be highly upset, possibly. Yeah. We know, know, we know who the left is. We know who, <laughs> yeah. who Antifa and the far left is. Right. I, I, I want to remind everybody, like, who are you? Um, are you that person who goes out there and starts breaking Starbucks windows uh, because Joe Biden is president? <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, we are better than that. Um, so I, I really want to, to implore people that like high ground is, is pretty easy to keep when you're talking about the far left and what they do. 
See, what would elect. be better for my ratings is if you said, everybody go out and vote, vote often, go home, <laughs> and prepare often. for Armageddon. <laughs> well, some people will. Get that prepper food now. Yeah. <laughs> MREs, uh, you know, supplied by the government. But. <laughs> yeah, how ironic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, brother, I, I'm, I'm going to get your address, okay? Because uh, we, let's see, Marco, cut to Mark here. Uh oh. Take a oh, look at this. Yeah. I forgot that I was theme dressing today. It's the fix the shit t-shirt. Okay. We're going to get new ones in. It's going to say fix it and fix the, you know, sh because people have kids and stuff, but wear that wear proudly because everything, all money raised goes to help uh, young people here in the city, people of our choice, not going through foundations or charities. We're just going to hook kids up with cars, a, a computer notebook, you know, just get something to somebody. So it's not I like really, it. Yeah. Okay. Send, it send me that censored one for my, uh, so I can wear it in the house for the kiddo. <laughs> you put some, just do, do a Sharpie, man. Don't bust me. It balls. looks great under the blazer. Just keep the half the blazer closed. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds All right. Good. We'll get you a Coney kit too. Uh, listen, I really want to thank you for being on. Um, uh, you, you want to, you, you got anything you want to promote? You know, your yeah. Why don't you promote your podcast before you, you bolt Steven? Yeah, sure. Are we just taping right now. No, go ahead. No, we're no, still live, live, bro. We're still no, we're live. live. Yeah, no, um, I'm the host of the Beltway Banthas podcast. So this is a talk show for people in politics uh, who love Star Wars. I mentioned it earlier. Uh, so if you ever wanted to hear Glenn Beck or even Van Jones or uh, folks from Congress, Newt Gingrich, talk about their love of Star Wars movies, uh, <laughs> I'm the only podcast out there who has those interviews in their feed for you to check out. And I would, uh, I'd love if you would subscribe and check out our new episodes. Right on, man. Beautiful. Okay. Thank you, Stephen Kent. Hey, uh, it was a real pleasure. This was a lot of fun. A really bright man, <laughs> a contributing writer to the Washington Examiner, libertarian, and a Star Wars nerd. That was awesome. It's a good mix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so by the you way- You caught it on a calm day, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I will talk to you, brother. Thanks for being with us, man. Thanks. How, how far are we into the show here, dude? Because I want to keep these two. About 30-ish. Uh, okay, good. Perfect. A little more. So, all nice. Okay. Uh, know, everything, like Karen said, everything's almost too smooth today. I know. It's feeling not us. Oh, we're about to shake it I was up gonna now. Say, there's, you, you, you got some shaking in the, in the way. There's an agent <laughs> of chaos Steve coming up. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching Steve, too, on Zoom, and he's been, yeah, changing, his, he's been changing his background, and it's been very entertaining. I think right now he's got a... He's in fucking Miami. He <laughs> looks like he's in Miami right now. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually Harrison Township. Oh, wow. behind him a second ago. What'd you do with her, Steve? It's the same young lady, but this time... <laughs> oh, you know, it's... That's it can't it. be Harrison Township. Actually, there's there's no dog um, crap floating around. Seaway Island. The beach is at open. At the tip of Lake St. Clair. It was from the 80s, that one. That's Steve's backyard. That's Steve's backyard, man. <laughs> no, that's Seaway Island. And one of his boats. That beach has been washed away by the high water, by the way. It's no longer there. There oh, we wow. go. Wow. See, there there's, we go. There's All right, that yeah. gives us... That was me calling him. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Steve. Yeah. Dude, dude. It's Laduff. Shut the fuck up. I'm trying to introduce you. Oh, okay. okay all right. I'll, call, I'll call you after the show. Listen, you don't have to be nice for company anymore. Steve's like a relative, so now you don't have to be nice for company anymore. Okay, listen. Uh, political consultant and Michigan election expert Steve Hood uh, is up. He, this segment brought to you by Luke Nowacki um, of Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. Is it strategy? It is a strategy, yeah. Thank dot you. com. Mm -hmm. Two four eight six six three four seven four eight. Uh I want to remind you of something. When the market was taking this shit, 
What did Nowacki say? Bye. Don't overreact. Oh, yeah. That's the worst thing to Have do. Have a strategy. There, there's, there's opportunity in there if you're focused. What's the market doing now? I was going through. He sends quarterly reports to his clients. He was right on the money. Mm -hmm. So if you stick with Luke, you're winning. If you're gambling, just go to Greektown. Have a strategy. Have someone. Catch COVID. That can, yeah, catch COVID. <laughs> and get, catch a lawsuit. Okay, so call my friend Luke, 248-663-4748. As you all know, he's giving my mother sound financial advice. If you're a pension fund, he handles those. If you're in a... Uh, what do you call those things? He'll handle anything, really. He, he does. It's got money. He knows it. You know, a bank conglomerate. He does that. Yeah, the, the guys. Really? The guys for. And when you call two four eight six six three four seven four eight, don't leave an order on the on the machine. He's not allowed to exercise an order yeah. through a message. Just just to let you know that. Uh, go ahead and hit me. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Got that? Got it. Got that, Steve? No dance, Charlie? My back's out. Uh -oh. No dance today? My back's out, okay. Karen. Sorry. What'd you do? I don't know. I got up early. I, I got to, to I try to stretch that thing. Pop and just getting old, man. Well, you're a softball champion now, right? Yeah, I, I am. Where's your, where's your shirt I gave you? Fuck that shirt. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We're, you got to wear it with pride. You're like team the one. champs. Get this softball shirt, and it's got like like a. I think it's already gone. I think I threw it away. Look at this. Oh, here it is. Oh, there it is. All right. First of all, it's made out of plastic. That's Charlie. And then look, right there. There it is. That's it. That's really showing some pride. It's it like, says champions. Yeah, with a magnifying glass. I mean, yeah. it barely covers my nipples. Maybe our next year will just say champions. On hey, it. And Mark, <laughs> Mark, don't be offended by him giving away the shirt. Me? Charlie may not remember. Do you remember gi giving away that custom Shinola, Charlie, that night? What, Do you remember watch? that? You were you just didn't. The watch? I'm sorry? The watch, you mean? Yes. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I was like, Charlie, this is a nice art. I was like, ah. So don't be offended, Mark. He's oh, giving I'm away. Better. It was Kid Rock. I was uh, <laughs> at his house partying, and he's like, hey, "Yeah, he it. gave it to Charlie, and I'm Charlie like, was great. trying to give it away." I'm like, "I don't need it. <laughs> I don't uh, wear watches. I don't. Either. I'm always on time." <laughs> <laughs> so you know what happened to that watch? I gave it away. Yeah, beautiful. I wake up the next morning. My wife's got it. Oh, she's like, "No, fuck that. I'm taking that watch." Oh, well, so now I you can give her the shirt. Her champion shirt. I'm going to leave it there. Leave that <laughs> It'll be there next Friday. Wipe up. Steve Hood. Steve, dude, I don't know a guy in this town. Look, a man. As this, as this, this program of ours starts to unspool, people start to get to know me, they're getting to know who I talk to. Like uh -huh. when, when you got to call a guy or a gal, and you need the answer right away, you're one of the ones that call. So. Well, you know, you're the only reporter that's actually seen my system. I don't know if you remember that. We went and looked at some results and looked at some QVF files. Nobody from the outside world has actually seen what's here. Um, so you are the only person that ever actually seen that it really exists. Qualified voter file means what? The qualified voter file means that you're a qualified registered voter in the state of Michigan. You're alive. Okay? They you checked your address, you, right? Right. And you apply to get a hold of the qualified voter file 
by fi by filing a FOIA request. So you request you can request a registered voter file for any any county in the state of Michigan, but then you can also request the voter history file, and that is the golden file. Okay, that is the golden file because that tells you who voted in what election. All right, and you find when you look at that file that a lot of people actually lie. Somebody's lying. Either the state is lying or they're lying. And then there's another file, which is kind of hard to get, and that is the birthday file. It's expensive, but the birthdays are out there. So you could actually send a birthday card to somebody. You could actually do that. Okay, so let's do you, this. It's, you're, you're getting in the weeds. Let me let me or let, I'm me, sorry. let me conduct, and then you are the expert. Okay. The qualified voters file. Stay with us, folks. We're getting to the, the absentee ballot turns into a ballot and how it's going to get counted. But nobody's giving you the process. We need this process. It's coming. Qualified voter file is supposed to be updated after every single election, right? Local, primary, federal, correct? That is correct. Along with the registered voter file, when somebody registers, that file is to be updated. Okay. So... When I came to your house and we went through the qualified voter file, we found... the fuck is that? I think it's Drew's car. <laughs> He's trying to let us know. Yeah, wrap it up. He's like, <laughs> the show's falling flat on his face. <laughs> you and I, there was a, over a dozen people, right? Mm -hmm. In the last time we, we counted the election. In Detroit, mm -hmm. qualified voters, they exist. This is their mm -hmm. address. They're registered. Over a dozen people who are over 113 years old. That is correct. So to which I said to you, damn, if you want to live forever, register to vote in Detroit. Of course, you're going to die waiting for your vote to be counted. Mm -hmm. So do you have this year's qualified voter file as is your right to have by law? I have the brand new registered voter file. Uh, that has 485,000 people on it, something like that. And it has been clean. There are a few, there, there's still a few people that are way up there over 100 years, but nowhere near as, as, as many as there were in the past. So this file has been chopped down. All right. It used to be like a 500,000 person file. Now it's like 400 some odd thousand. So there's 650,000 people living in Detroit. There can't be that many. Voters, right? It's the motor. It's you have the motor voter law, and that's the only way they're supposed to be done. It is not purged correctly. It's not purged fully. So, all right. When all these ballots get mailed out, and and mm -hmm. even even Secretary Benson is admitting there's at least five hundred thousand that have been sent back to our applications for a ballot. Get that right, folks. Not the ballots. Application for the ballot. She's saying, yeah, it's too late to clean the list up. We'll take care of that later. So there could be a million. So, right, that's, I'm not saying any fraud's going to happen, but this is going to be zeroed in on. Isn't this what Trump's talking about now? This is what he's talking about, right? Um, he's talking about that that original file could be messed up and that people are getting ballots, getting applications for ballots that shouldn't get them. Yes. Okay, you earlier that's exactly said what he's talking about. Earlier you said uh, uh, pre-show that Trump was right. 
What do you mean Trump is right? There's certain ways that Trump is right. Here's the problem. When you send that application back and you get a ballot, right? If you're one of those people that shouldn't be getting it, all right, and you get it mailed in, you mail it in, you've got all those ballots coming in. Those people that are counting the ballots on that day have to verify that you're a qualified voter. They have to they have to verify that stuff. And I don't know that they're going to go all the way through it with that crush of ballots. While we're telling people that in, in terms of fraud, we don't have to work, but we're talking fraud versus inaccuracy in, in, in voting. Right. Right. I mean, so maybe it's not deliberate, but if we know that these these just um, you know exist, then aren't we contributing? You, know, you see what I'm saying? We're talking nobody doing deliberate, but we're the, overlooking the, reason, the fact that they are inaccurate. Well, the reason why I think Mayor Duggan and and and, and Quicken Loans are sending people down to help count is so they won't be overburdened, so they can actually count accurately. All right, because all they're doing is feeding it into machines. And you've got this crush of ballots that you have to do on that day, you know, and get it done that night. I'm actually for slowing the process down and getting it right. Let it take two days. Just get it right. That's the first part. I mean, 10,000 votes. There's still the mystery 10,000 votes from 2016. All right. Trump won the state by what? 11,000 votes? Yes. Those missing votes from Detroit. Those mystery missing votes from Detroit. You know, and people have not forgotten our. our well, you're our speaking. Amazing. You're speaking like we all understand what you're talking about. So we don't. Okay, on election night, there were ten. There are ten thousand votes that just were in question from Detroit that were not there. All right, and Trump took the state by eleven thousand votes. That's what happened election night. And we weren't able to have. We weren't able to have a recount. And the That's reason right. we, we weren't able to have a recount is because the amount of ballots they took in did not match the amount of votes that they lifted from the ballots they took in. There were more votes than ballots. And under state law, you have to take the votes and throw out the ballots. We're not even going to look at the ballots. So there is, that's, do you understand what I'm saying, Mark? Yeah, no, I get it. I just don't understand why, how there's more votes than ballots. Boom. I mean, that, that, that's why people immediately went to what Karen was talking about. Inaccuracy doesn't necessarily mean fraud, but. It's hard to think that there's not fraud when there's more votes than ballots. And again, we're not. See, people will jump. People we're not will automatically jump to that. We're not promoting that. That's a, see. This is right. great. This is great. We're not promoting the idea that there will be fraud. What we're trying to tell people is we don't have very competent leadership. We never really had. There are inaccuracies, but widespread, massive fraud. In my opinion, with paper ballots with barcodes on them, yes. Steve. That need to be read. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I can't imagine my wildest dream. It would be very hard for it to happen unless you go back to the whole incompetence factor. You're a very competent person. You sat on the floor to fill out an application. I mean, any normal person would be chased away by that. But you have some sort of weird civic duty, you know, feeling that you want to do a civic duty. He said and duty. And you weren't chased away. I'm not sitting on the floor. It's the not weird. It's not weird. He said duty. <laughs> That's not weird. I know. It's not weird. Well, no. I look, I know what he actually sit on the darn floor on West Grand Boulevard in the middle of a pandemic with everything that's walking in the election commission. That's weird. Well, if you're gonna put it that way, didn't think of that. <laughs> or the that duty. Is weird. I hope you washed your hands. <laughs> and your hands. And your hands. <laughs> Steve, hold on. Two things. This is the man who hit a golf ball 
from one end of the city of Detroit to the other. This is also a man who sat at a resident's home waiting for uh, an EMS and in the interim went to McDonald's, took a bath in this person's house and sat there in their robe on the porch until the EMS didn't come. So for Charlie, that's not weird. Yeah. That's committed. I got to remind you, bro, when I, when I kayak, when I canoed the Rouge, I did it in jean shorts, yeah. <laughs> fell in the river, continued on, caught the creeping cucaracha in my bunghole, went to the doctor, got some bunghole cream, put the cream in the cupboard with the Bengay. Oh, no. My bunghole was itching no. <laughs> in the dark, and I went in there and got the cream and mistakenly put the Bengay up my bunghole. You were scared how much you liked it? It hurt so bad. Oh. <laughs> But it cured it. It cauterized it. <laughs> Burned it right off. Now, Steve, Steve, that not is weird. Nothing. <laughs> but I think you should go through that same cleaning process after being on that floor. <laughs> yeah. Dude. I mean. This is true. <laughs> I mean, really, Karen, you've been in that building. Come on. Steve, yeah, what? I know. I, listen, trust me. I know. You're right. There's a lot I, I of totally people agree. in there. We care about you, Charlie. So go get the go get the go get the cream again. There's a lot of people going in there to fill out those applications. To which I would have thought, watch this. It's easier to go to the poll. It's just as quick. And in that in that office, there's no social distancing, man. That's yeah. why I had to sit on the floor. I mean, everybody's mm -hmm. on each other. It's like 15, 20 people in there. It's ridiculous. Well, that's where I vote. That's that's where I go in there and vote and when we went in during the primary, they stopped us. They only let three people in there at one time to go in and vote. And there was social distancing. They did do that, you know, so. Oh, that's all gone. You notice that too? Just a sidebar here. We're, we're at the same amount of cases of COVID daily now mm -hmm. that we were at the height of this thing. And nobody gives a shit. Because it's been seven months. Because nobody's dying. We don't have the attention span for stuff like that in this country. The only thing dying is my bank account. Well, we're, we're comfortable with it now. I mean, yeah. we're just, you know, it's, it's, we're, it's, we have normalized it. So it's, it's like, okay, it, it you know, seriously. I'm not comfortable with it at all. Their like you know, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not, not either. No, I, I was invited to several parties this week. I'm like, no, I'm not coming out and hanging out with you guys. I'm not doing it. Die. Nope. Here, look, I, look here, I got my mask. I'm not even dining out. People... I've, People I've keep come, saying, let's go to lunch. Let's go to dinner. It's like, no, I'm not doing that either. I'm not eating in a restaurant. I've come up with a few styles that people <laughs> wear. If you're listening, I'll try to explain it. There's this one, which goes under your jaw <laughs> like this. This one here. Hold on here. A chin strap. Chin strap I'm style. I'm calling this one the Kotex. <laughs> okay. Then there's this one here. That one around your chin. Over the chin, yeah. Just under your lip. Yeah. That's the Amish. Okay, yeah. Okay, this one here, this one that just under your thong. nose, like you're looking over the fence, that's the peeping Tom. <laughs> right? Or the Kilroy for the old folks. Yeah. Okay, then there's this one. Some dudes do this. I don't know if this is frat party panties on your forehead yeah, on or forehead. that Brent Michaels dude. <laughs> yeah, bandana. Yeah, right? Poor man's bandana. Okay, then there, of course, there's this one. <laughs> the bonnet? On top of your crown. I call this the rabbi. The yarmulke. Okay. Yeah, the yarmulke. And then there's the one that dangles around your ear. Yeah. That's the static cling. That's the sock dryer. <laughs> so they call that one. And then this one is my own special invention. I'll call this one. I'll call this one here the redneck. 
That one right there. You just poke a hole in it, and you shove your cigarette in, and you're getting the best of both worlds. It's beautiful. Thank you. I love hey, don't it. forget the for that. <laughs> it's multifunctional. So, you know, Steve, uh, real quick, um, hmm? how does the pro get, how do they count these things? They receive them in the mail, and where do they go? In Detroit, they receive them in the mail. They are then uh, they are open downtown at Cobo Hall. So they're okay? driven down to Cobo Hall. They get down to Cobo Hall, and then they're they taken to absentee count board tables. Okay, so that means there'll be a group of precincts. Okay, that are uh, that make up an absentee count board, and then at that point, they're fed to the Scantron machine. Wait, wait, wait. Way. Let's let's go. So there's mail bags. You take right. you take one envelope out, and what happened? Where's that marked? Is it put in a computer? Is it logged in a book? Is it? It's logged. It's logged. It's logged in a book and put in a computer. Okay, that mail bag. Okay, so, so you have so to verify the application. Then they're sent out a ballot. That ballot comes back. It is received. It is scanned in, it's there, that it's there, and then it is counted on election day. So is it scanned and hand counted? It should be. Okay. And well, that's no, only hand counted when you do a recount. It's scanned first. If there's something is off, that's when you do it. When you do a recount, that's when it's hand counted. It's scanned. And so the envelope with the ballot has to be booked, a receipt. We have this, right? right. And then we the have this ballot. Okay, so that's right. that's hand counted. Logged in or is that computer logged in? I think that's just scanned in because there seem to be barcodes on the envelopes. Okay. So how do we get, so both of them are scanned and by the end of it, the receipts of ballots and the number of votes for president should be the same. That's right. Okay. Why are they never equaled out in Detroit? Because you have too few people trying to do that count in too short of a time. That's why I say we should just slow the fuck down slow down okay let it take 12 14 hours but get it right secretary of state saying it could take a week right so you're well, that's i'm i'm for that i mean just get it right okay. you know let's start by getting it right then you speed up do you think this is why people are protesting in front of the clerk's off clerk's house right now they're out there yesterday protesting she's turning water hoses on people not big water hoses, but, you know, garden water. Little, little baby bull Connor water hoses. Right. Not fire hose, maybe a sprinkler. Right. Not 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 snarling German shepherds. I saw the video, but like a, right. a, a fat old collie. Right. It's a, it's a sprinkler and a fat old collie. <laughs> it's true. They turned on the sprinkler and had the fat old collie oh. laying on the... Uh, oh, geez. It's ridiculous. So, so shouldn't part of voter engagement and awareness be about managing expectations, you know, so people start to, and it shouldn't, I've always said this, we should certainly hear uh, about that prior to, you know, two weeks, 30 days before an election right. so that we can try to, you know, chip away at some of the voter apathy, but to start managing expectations so that people don't look for it on the 11 o'clock news that night. That's what we're doing right. here. Yep. To slow it down. And, slow it down. and, and be calm. See, again, we are mainstream and we're middle of the road. We're no bullshit. We're nonpartisan. We want right. people to know the process so you don't lose your freaking mind. And right. I and uh, Stephen, you know, the guy that Kent was on. Mm -hmm. He's a nice guy, isn't he? Mm -hmm. He's well put together. Good hair. Mm -hmm. Very good hair. Yeah. Thin. Yeah, I know. Right? He doesn't look like much of a fighter. Like that dude going to have to lock himself in a house when this shit 
if this shit goes off the hook. Yeah. And I don't want it. Yeah. Because you will see me out there. I don't want it. How long has uh, Janice Winfrey been in charge of... Uh, Detroit Clerks Office? Yeah, counting the votes. Was it uh, is she in her fourth term now? Fourth term. Now, yes, fourth term. And how many elections has she gotten right? Zero. Yep. Now, it appears that they've gotten worse, though, so much so that they don't even trust her to count it. Has it gotten they worse? Have, One, they have two, gotten three? worse. Hmm. And that's that's a shame. It started with the memory packs being off. Okay? Now it's progressed to the poll books. I mean, it's it's a mess. It's a, un, And it's, it's a hard disaster. to beat her. I mean, Garland Gilchrist couldn't beat her last year. Because he's an empty suit. Sorry. Now Governor not going to come out some more. He's, 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 he's empty calling suit. him an empty suit. He's a uh-huh. freaking empty but, but suit. But this is the thing. If you're running... What, what, when, if you're, and t- let's just take the personalities out of it. Let's you got to keep it tight. Hey, Karen, you got to keep it tight because your mic sucks. No. I, I was just saying that if, in fact, you are running for something and you're counting the votes, who's winning? I mean, wouldn't it have been a, a more of an uh, integral process for it? somebody to say, we need an you know independent oversight prior to that so that there is no question of impropriety? Yes, Karen, you are correct. She okay. should not have counted her own vote. Hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I, I just, guess real you know, quick was this. Real, See, this, you got to say, people don't know what you're talking about because they're not in. Garland Gilchrist, now the lieutenant governor, who never really had a political job in his life, ran against Janice Winfrey, lost by 1,000 votes, right? Demanded a recount, and they couldn't recount them because the receipts and the votes didn't match up again. <laughs> wow. Who would have thought? I'm believing we're stuck with these people. Yeah. Where's the competency? Uh, Steve, real quick. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mike Duggan, I never heard of this before, going to shut down government and send his appointees and his bureaucrats to go count votes. What do you make of that? You ever heard anything like that? I would be really, really happy with that if he did not have a proposal on the ballot. I've been thinking about that. He's got proposal in on the ballot. It's a very contentious issue, okay? Very, very contentious. And he's going to be counting the votes. It just does not pass the smell test. Under ordinary circumstances, if he didn't have this $250 million bond proposal on there, I'm like, you know what? Way to step up Mayor Duggan. But now it just doesn't look that way. It looks it, it, it looks wrong. And you have the people from Quicken going in there who have been his natural allies, all right. I, I would say, yeah, this is great. If proposal in were not on the ballot, that is my problem. And it's not a presidential race. I mean, his son is, you know, I mean, so you've got a lot of hands in the fire here. So the safer thing to do would just be to stay out of it and let the process. Now, does Janice Winfrey have to approve that or does he can he just say, hey, we're going to do this? You never can- met an overseer she didn't like. Oh, That's shit. all I got to say. About oh, that. snap. Oh, God. I, 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 it's a disclaimer. Oh, he's using antebellum's <laughs> references. I, I, well, oh, they're oh. voting for proposal and oh. what the hell? Oh, wow. Not. name a proposal in. And what the hell? No, I'm not. The, uh, you mean the end proposal? The, the other N word. The, oh, the other N word proposal. Oh, the the N word proposal. No, hey, I like that, Steve. That's one way to get everybody to vote. No, it's the N-word proposal. Yeah, here's the, <laughs> what proposal N is, and it affects everybody in the state. Mike Duggan wants to tax the Detroit homeowner who's almost at the legal limit 
of property tax to give him $250 million to tear down some more houses when he's demonstrated at best um, they're inco incompetent, incapable, and they squandered $500 million already, right? And he wants to keep going with it. Remember, Detroiters are already overtaxed. It's been found that they were overtaxed mightily. They haven't gotten a rebate on that. And his big plan now is more money to demolish homes. Well, technically, the tax reduction we would have gotten is not coming because of proposal N. No, proposal easy N easy enough. It's still That's still a tax hike. I didn't call mm -hmm. it a tax hike, right? It's mm -hmm. a bond issue. Right. But your, your taxes were going to go down. They didn't go down. It's a tax hike. Huh? You're right. You're it's, right. You, Mr. Leduff is correct. And schools are funded by property taxes. That's and Detroit right. schools are crumbling. I was just talking to Dr. Nikolai Vitti two days ago. He understands that. We all understand. You said something interesting in your rant, too. He, he seems to have this obsession about the demolition. Do you think it's just simply because um, it, he doesn't understand sunk costs and he just wants to complete it and, and he wants to get it done? Or is it more nefarious in your mind? I, I'm the only Look, I'm the only one you guys can find out if I'm a freak or not with about, in about six months. He's got a huge federal problem. They're meeting again. Emergency session. There's a criminal side. There's a civil side. Why the obsession, though? Why the obsession with him? Yeah, why do you... No, not from you to him, but why is... What is his obsession with seeing all the demolition through? He's never made the case as to why he needs to see the demolition through. And you couldn't get it done with this bill anyway. That's Right? That's the easy thing for Detroiters. When he first ran, that was the, the thing everybody was, you know, that, hey, you know, we're going to we're going to tear down all these houses. We created the land bank and transferred power from under city council to prevent any legislative oversight. OK, that proved not a good idea. And now they're in trouble in terms of mismanagement of the funds. So this whole thing. But, you know, that's that's the buzzword that seemed to work with well, Detroiters. But yeah, people that live in the city know that that's not let's a go, plan. Let's go it hasn't on the, worked. Let's, and we don't have a land strategy here's the here this is what's going on what if the feds and they quite likely are i'll, I'll start taking bets anybody watching when they come at minimum and say pay it back with fines that was a price fixing scheme detroit's 400 million in the hole you can't pay the federal government back the federal money with federal money you can't pay it. so where are you going to get it hmm. you're going to get it from the bond and if they don't come which he's banking on He's going to go off with Biden. Then we have money for demolition, but we need money for schools. I found something, Steve, Karen, and everybody out there. They're now hanging billboards. Do we have that picture? We do have it, yep. Oh, watch this. It's coming up here. Because I'm, I just do what I do because I'm a weirdo. It's weird that they spray painted that big red circle. Yeah, I put that big red circle. Oh, you circle. did that. Okay. Okay, these are billboards going on now. We're ready to work. Jobs, now it's a jobs program, right? It's not a blight program. Jobs for Detroiters. Put it back up. That's what the billboard says. Jobs for Detroiters. It's paid for by uh, Our Neighborhoods First organization. P.O. Box Detroit. That's what it says on the billboard. Yep. So, you know, Steve, I do a little looking. Our Neighborhoods First. Let me pull up the corporation papers. Hey, look at that. Who's the registered agent? Who's taking care of the books? I'm intrigued. It's called the corporation company based out of Plymouth, Michigan, the corporation company, which is a clearinghouse, right? 
of lawyers to manage your paperwork. I said, okay. This is a charity, a 501c4. That's called dark money. Anybody that gives it is charity, you don't have to disclose their names. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I look up the charter. Oh, yeah. It's a, a lawyer in Lansing for Dykema Law Firm who specializes in casino work. That's it. Okay. And who exactly is contributing? We don't know. It's dark money. So now we got this jobs program, couple black guys on a billboard. It's up at Fankel in Wyoming. You know, our neighborhood's first. And they're not a fucker from the neighborhood within 50 miles of this thing. Why are we using dark money to sell this? Because huh. it's the N-word proposal. Oh. <laughs> what other color, are we what other color money would you use? The N-word proposal starts, it saying, stands and, for, I'm not going to prison. <laughs> and, and why would we use dark people to sell it? We keep dangling that, you know, dark right money, now everything people, is conveniently black. Dark money, dark. Hey, you know, we want to give... We want to give people in the neighborhood. We've been we've been hearing that crap, you know, from all the developments, all the, you know, we are giving these tax dollars. We need 51% of the people from Detroit to get these jobs. Well, 51% didn't qualify. We tried. So now we have to go out. Stop the games, man. I mean, seriously, everybody is just being BSed and dangled with this same rotten, non-nutritious carrot. Two questions. Um is it working? Is is do you guys think this will pass? And what do people in the neighborhoods think about it? Shall I do the first one? No. I'll do the money. I'll do this one. Yeah. There's a shitload of money coming down. Now there's billboards on the lodge. The commercials are coming. Mm -hmm. There's so much money behind this, and it's dug in money. And money works. Okay. Make no mistake. Anybody that opposes it, they're broke ass. If you're really from the neighborhood, you you're putting up 50 grand to fight this? No. We'll have Agnes Hitchcock on. You know, we've had her on before. Yep. She's from the neighborhood. She's been fighting many years. God bless her. She's fighting it. And it's a spirited campaign. She's getting yeah, she is. Yeah. So you think it will pass? Ask Steve that. I, I don't. Steve, do you think it'll pass? Um, I'm not so sure. Um, we have a presidential election year. And let me tell you, the social media of Agnes Hitchcock and some of the other people that are opposing us, these people were able to defeat the Duggan slate, mostly Duggan slate, uh, going into the uh, Detroit Charter Commission election. All right. Just on social media and $10,000. All right. So, I mean, the, the, it's still out. It's going to be close, I believe. All right. But money, money will probably end up winning the day. I know I'm voting against it. I think he's forfeited his right to control any demolition dollars. Boom. Just remember what I say, folks. Just, and it's your fault, Charlie. And th there's a reason I'm standing here in the basement. I Look, I know what I know. I know lower what I level. saw. I'm lower level. Oh, by the way, would they fill the lower levels in in Detroit with? Poison. That's a fact. Army Corps of Engineers found it. Army Corps working with the feds. It's true. This, you don't just get away with it. I'm going to, I'm betting my career on it. You're not allowed sure. to do it. I'm not letting it go. Because I fucking care about the neighborhoods. Charlie, I have to reverse gentrify the uh, Riverwalk. So, um, any more questions for me? <laughs> no, get lost. Thanks, reverse man. gentrify. What are you going to do, Steve? Walk down nude? What are you going to do? <laughs> Ride my big ass bike down the Riverwalk. <laughs> my town. Okay. <laughs> Fucking yuppie. Line. It was. You guys are amazing. This is this is hot. I can't wait to go national. 
Yeah. I really can't. I think this is really hot. And um, well, let me Steve, know if you need help putting your sponsorship it, packet together, man. This is really great. I love well, this. But I, I want to give shout out to your show too, Steve, because there are tons of people that watch it. Um, had the opportunity to work with you on a couple things. I want to say thank you. It is bringing information and it, it like this show has a domino effect. Media people are watching. So and I thank know, you. Yeah. The N word proposal. That's a, that's a good one, Steve. And I, I know you're, you know, you're on the water. I like that. They're trying to jack your property up. I know you already, you know, cause that show's really not Karen oversold it. It's not doing all that, but. Um, well, we're actually, we're doing 9,000 people a week, actually 9,000 households a week. Nine, we're not as big as you. Households but, you know. a week. A week? How many? How many days a week you on? Uh Friday and uh, Friday and Sunday. That's pretty good. That's yeah. that's five thousand houses. Yeah, fifteen thousand. Right. Yeah, but it's social media. <laughs> People go back and watch the clips. I mean, it's it's worked. Yeah, so. well, we don't even talk. I'm not even talking about the social media at that point. I'm just messing with this guy. But I, yeah. if you need help with your sponsorship packet? I'd love to help you with that because I think this is a hot format. You're the only person I've seen really make Zoom work. Um, the way it can for Detroit. This is not boring, and it's about it's about the viewer and it's about the listener. That's what so many people get wrong. They think this this shit is about them. Yeah. It's about the viewer and the listener, and you're you're doing that. I Watch love the, it. Hey, mannequin love. Joe, do me a favor. I meant to tell you before the show, the the, the shot of all of us at the same time works sometimes because that that is kind of cool about Zoom. I don't like it all the time because that's how they all look. But I do like seeing it, you know. Oh, by the way, speaking of that, um, Steve, did you know Hall Financial wants you to know that mortgage rates are at an all-time low? Did you know that? No. Yeah, they are. And home values are soaring. Except yours because you live on the water and all the fucking seawalls gave away. But listen. I have a brand new seawall. I can see a picture of it. <laughs> yeah, you bring it up. Well, I'm telling you that. Like, did you refi to, to get that put in? Uh, we don't talk about Blackwell. Okay. There is no black wealth. That's one of the issues of this election. It disappeared. It's back not in enough black wealth. There is. It's just not enough. Charlie. No, you know that the average black every home in America, its total net value is eighteen dollars. When you take away debt, oh wow, your net wealth is what you owe own versus what you owe. Eighteen freaking dollars. So when you don't don't then I need a raise, Charlie. I need a raise, man. <laughs> Loan me five bucks, Karen. Anyway. There's the new wall. Oh, see that brand new wall. Look at that, huge. It's huge. black wealth is for your you, guest and it's generational. Huge. The Hood family has been around for a long time. Is your guest room still wrapped in like um, heavy duty plastic sheets? No rubber. It's really weird. Mm -hmm. It's kind of. It was weird. No. <laughs> I don't know what he does over there. There's various <laughs> women coming over. That's one of the plastic shit. Anyway, I gotta go regentrify the uh All right, I mean, reverse gentrify the river walk. All right. I will talk to you guys. You've been awesome. Thank you. Thank you for Anytime having you need me. Thank you. Thank you for Thanks, being Steve. here, man. Thank Karen, Steve. What's the name Bye. of the show, Karen? What's the name uh, of this? Detroit wants to know. Detroit wants to know. Detroit on, wants to know. On which one station? CW uh, what is it, TV 50, Steve? I think it's TV 50. I'm glad um, we cut him off. Just CW 50, I'm sorry. <laughs> Channel 50. Yeah, okay. See, see, that's the thing. No, it's CW 50, um, and it, it's a decent show. I mean, he has some good uh, content on it, and well, people do watch and listen. So. He's plugged in. That, the guy's yeah. Well, he's entertaining, too. Yes, the N-word proposal. Uh, yeah. Listen. I like that, the N-word proposal. Listen, listen. Got to tell Agnes that. L listen. I'm talking about refinancing right now. 
Agnes, she has a house. If you need to save a couple bucks on your monthly payment, right? If you need to redo that roof, seawall, What do kitchen, I do? What do I do? You go to davidhallmortgage.com or you simply call 248-308-5000. You get one person assigned to you. You get that personal experience. They get it done. You get your money and half the time their competitors do, right? And they don't bilk this city. They earn it. If you're on the market for that new home, remember, Hall Financial Service, fast in the business, over 2,000 five-star reviews, right? Uh, yep, still over 2,000. No one has to come in your That's house to get it appraised. 248-308-5000. Or go to davidhallmortgage.com. NMLS number 1467435. Seriously, recommend them. Now, before we go any further, I just, this one's this one's dear to me. This is... Hope, not handcuffs. Yeah. Okay? This is hope, not handcuffs. Since 2017, the Hope, Not Handcuffs program has helped 4,500, 4, 5,000 people get the help and resources that they may not have gotten otherwise. Anyone struggling with substance use uh, or addiction, whether it be heroin, painkillers, cocaine, alcohol, you can go into 100 participating police locations and ask for help with no fear of being arrested. Nobody's writing your name down for a file. It's a safe place to meet. Who will you meet? The police officer will treat you with compassion, make the phone call for you, and a volunteer, they call them angels, they'll come to the police department and assist with paperwork and making phone calls to get you placed into a treatment facility and program that very day. So why? Why the police station? You, you know it's a safe place. The angel knows it's a safe place. It is a safe place. It's real easy. The first step is not hard. There's hope. Go to hopenothandcuffs.com, hopenothandcuffs.com, to learn more and make the step. Get better. Look out for yourself. Mm -hmm. I got too many real close to me that went out this way. Yep. You know, you can do it yourself too if, if, if you know how. This is easy. They'll help you. There's always an excuse. They'll get you in that day. And it's not when you're coming out of the cell block. Hey, well, you, you know what I mean? You want to lift home or you want me to call it the angels? Yeah, and if you have like a minor infraction, they won't arrest you. Yes. You know, say so you have a shoplifting because a lot of addicts will steal, they're, they're going to waive that to get you help. Right. Now, if you have a murder, felony, yeah, Charlie, I was, a little different story. I was trying to look at the list. Mm -hmm. I was trying to look at the list under Wayne County. Is or is not Detroit on that list? Uh, I, I mean, couldn't see it because the screen went away. Uh, Detroit is not on there. But there's a lot of other ones okay. in Wayne County. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I was looking to see if Detroit was on the list. Yeah, not yet. So hopefully uh, we can get them on not there. Not yet. Okay. Yeah. That part's not up to me. Just want to make sure. I was checking. Redford? Yep, I got you. Redford? Uh, I do not see Redford on here. Westland? I do not see Westland. You want, should I just read which ones in Wayne County are on here? Yeah, a couple. Allen Park, City of Wayne is coming. E-Course, uh, Flat Rock, Garden City's coming. Gibraltar, Harper Woods, Huron Township, Lincoln Park, Melvindale, River Rouge, Rockwood, Romulus, Southgate, Taylor, Woodhaven, Wyandotte. Um, and the good thing is it's 24-7. Most of them are 24-7. They have the times on the website for those that are listening that can't see. So, you know, 
late at night, you need help. That's when it hits a lot of people like this sucks. I don't want to have to look for drugs the next day. Yep. I don't want to keep going in this circle. So you can show up any hours for most of them. You can even it's call. A great, it's a great program. Yeah. You can go on the website. You can call them yourself. Yep. You can call the police to help you. Yep. It's it's there. You, you know what I mean? There's, there's people out there that want to help. I can't stress it enough. We all want to help. And there's, look, there's nothing wrong with you. No. And talk about because bullshit. You have, you it's, have it, a problem. It's one thing this country is finally starting to take a little more serious. Yeah. It's a it's a disease. Yep. All right. Let's just uh, finish up here. Uh, Already? Uh, just a quick little bit of news. Um, I'm I'm a little bit upset about this. I, 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 I don't actually mind it. I understand it. But I felt like I'm being treated like a fool. Governor Whitmer and Governor Cuomo of New York have called for an inquiry by Congress, by the House of Representatives, into Trump's COVID response. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. Okay? We were slow on the draw. Where's the testing? You politicized it. You're changing CDC uh, regulations and suggestions. Let's do that. But then again, you went to the House, which is controlled by, by the Democrats. Mm-hmm. When a subcommittee of Republicans from the House asked you, Governor Whitmer, to testify and supply data, you blew it off as political. The state legislatures asked for much as much. You blew it off. So to me, something so serious as this, the deaths that aren't being counted correctly, what happened to all of our bank accounts, our kids' well-being, it only feels to me now like it's just a big fucking political joke. To do that, to think I forgot what you did. I'm disgusted. By the lack of action by, by, the, by the president, some of the shit he did, mostly the shit he didn't do, and the same with you, and the same with Cuomo. Cuomo and Whitmer won't release nursing home and assisted living data till after the election. Well, we, we talk about um, imagery. It's the wrong two people to ask for this, really. It, it seems retaliatory, as you mentioned, because they were being quizzed about it. And it's just, I don't know, the wrong, it doesn't look good. That's I just the wrong feel, two people. I feel like I'm being played, Karen. Charlie, I have asked twice uh, on behalf of this show. That is the worst. <laughs> so for, let me tell you the distance between those times from when we were just over 100,000 downloads to now over 4 million downloads. So I've been asking in between all those times and still nothing. I'm not offended by no, but I am offended by a lack of the courtesy of a response, which I think is the minimal um, that you're old, just just that courtesy, and and we you we won't even get that extended. Everybody so yeah, I'm it. I'm insulted. Everybody knows, like it's 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 funny because you go to soft media, you do. Sorry guys, you are. We know what we're talking about. I know who her husband is, Secretary of State. Yeah. I know what the connection to the mayor is. This is a little circle that some of us know that think you're smart enough and should know it too. Nonpartisan. Not picking. We we don't do endorsements. We just want you to know. That's a you know if they're dodging here because you're getting pointed questions, yeah. not open ended questions, right? If you did this, Madam Governor, when are you turning over the data? I get an empty response. I say you didn't answer the question. That's all. You work for us, but I see what's going on now. You pick safe media. You. Put everything in a silo. You're speaking to your people, friendly people. Make no mistake. Make no news. And hopefully you ride this thing out. But I see what you're doing where we live. And it ain't good. Number two, 
No pre-approved questions. None of that. None of that. Uh-uh. Pre-approved questions. Uh-uh. Those, aren't, those aren't questions then. No, because you know you know me in this country. You know me coast to coast and here. Yeah, but it's been asked, this is what you can talk about. What are you going to say? Yeah. This is, you can't go any farther. You know, I, I posted a quote the other day from Franklin D. Roosevelt, and they talked about in politics, everything you see is deliberate. And everything that you see is is either structured or scripted. And people are just, you know, into, in, into believing that all of this is organic and objective. Here it is, you know, I mean, it is off the cuff. It is legitimate. It is researched. It's no BS. And people don't want to be in that environment. Anybody that you don't see here is not here for a reason. Think about that. Think about that. That's fact. When, when they're, wa- they're listening in D.C., they know you're dodging. That's okay because it's more fun having fake Mayor Mike. You notice, you know, Mike Doug the Doug has been on a couple shows. He'll talk about only auto reform, like auto insurance, or he'll only talk about the census and nobody's going, bam, what's this thing? What's this thing? Where's the, the okay, we're, we're going to see. We're now going to see what the feds well, do. And if as we're talking do, about voting, Charlie, as we're talking about voting and calculating votes, the census people have their crap off balance too. If I have somebody knock on my, my, my door one more freaking time asking me about a census thing that was filled out and returned some time ago, right. only the other day somebody knocked on the door. Oh, no, we're asking about the people three doors down. I said, they don't live here. Go knock on their door. And get like, the what fuck is on. this? Like, you know, kind of yeah, but there, there was an article the other day. They're starting to ask people about their neighbors. What kind of. Oh, uh, the government doing that? <laughs> no, I, we're yeah. all agreeing with get the fuck on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? And there's a reason they're not filling it out. I told, it, I told you. Yeah. Okay. No. No, I, I filled it out. I said, don't knock on my door. Stop asking me. What the hell? Can't you count? Oh, no. She almost did the F again. <laughs> almost. <laughs> that means, you know what you just did? You fake. You use it. You use it. You know it. Oh, we I have, do. I use it. I'm like, proof. I curse. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I curse. I do curse, but I'm not going to be disrespectful to people that may be listening. I mean, I'm not going to do that here you're unless fucking, you really push me. You're absolutely fucking And you right. almost pushed me. 100%. <laughs> Man, you can put that up your corn cob and shove that one up your ass. You're right, you're right about that. Okay, finally, I want to leave you with this. Remember Detroit Red with the exclusive while other news organizations are pretending they were exclusive? Mm-hmm. They had it first, yet they didn't have the guts to air it, but they're saying we had it first. You didn't have it first if you didn't air it. If you don't have the guts, it's not first. It's it. It's no bullshit. No bullshit. Remember the whacked out highwayman? He took the hostages mm-hmm. last week and he was high on meth for two days and stuff. And he's rambling on about uh, a lot of things. And he's like, why am I meeting the mayor? Why'd I shake his hands twice? Right? What's the connection between our clubhouse and the mayor? And everyone just wrote him off as being crazy since like, his name was crazy. Yeah, his name is, he wasn't as crazy as you thought. Well, there's always a little now, bit I got of a hold of the crazy. mayor. I'm like, have you ever met this guy? To which I got the, I mean, I might have. I've shaken a lot of hands, but I can't remember a fucking six foot six fucking neo-Nazi with a biker jacket on. Yeah. I meet those bunch. Yeah. And he does meet in, Charlie. And he <laughs> does meet him. And there's a little bit too, just a little bit. This is, I remember, because I watch Mr. Mayor, all of your community meetings. If I'm not there, I'm watching online. I went back to, oh, December. And I looked. 
I look through the footage. Do we? Do we? Do we have the picture, Mark? We do. Yep. Let's. I, I don't see it. Is. Wow, Charlie. That's crazy. <laughs> there he is. Looks like him. There he is with all of his buddies, the highwaymen, who the, the the president of the club stood up and dressed the mayor and told him what a great job he was doing and he's full support. And I also noticed that the highwaymen were following the Black Lives Matter, Detroit Will Breathe, up the rear mm -hmm. during one of their marches. Mm -hmm. Sort of a Hells Angels, Berkeley, 1968 thing. Oh boy, yeah. Keeping them in line type of shit because... Obviously, crazy's a murderer. Hmm. So there's that. So there was a little bit of truth in him. Uh, Minimum. There's yeah, something there. A little, yeah. Something. Just saying. See, Charlie, that's why that's why everybody's afraid to come on. Nobody can say, hey, I don't know. I've never seen this guy before. Then you come up with a picture of him shaking his hand. Yeah, you have seen him before. So See, that's a good, you know, it's a good political <laughs> answer by the mayor. I mean, I might have shaken yeah. it. I mean, I shake a lot of people's, which is true. But. Better than saying no when you think you might. But I got a few, uh, you know, I got, I'm talking to somebody back and forth in the club. Could be more than that. It might not be more than that. If there's more than that, I'll let you know at a later date. I'm working. Mm. All right. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, Karen. From the lower level. Yes. What's up with your internet, man? You got to get one of those. Boosters. I don't know. It's been terrible today. It has been terrible today, so I'm sorry. Yeah, I but apologize. without you, I mean, it just—it's just darkness, Karen. So you, in any fashion, way, shape, or form, <laughs> and and I find that funny that the governor's afraid of you. You know, if if you weren't on this program, well, you know what I'm going to do next, though, Charlie. I'm, you know what, and I'm never. <laughs> right on cue. There it Both. goes. The person, I may have to try to contact them on social media. That's the way I get a lot of problems solved. Like, hey, give us the courtesy of a response. I don't care about a note, but say something. Don't act like we aren't here because we are. We got 100,000 people listening. You got to clear us one way or the other. I wish they could hear this on Facebook. We're up here, right? So I can make my rock face? Yeah, you can make it. <laughs> That's called the white boy overbite, Karen. <laughs> See? Yes, I got my big feet in the window. Got my head on the ground.
reached my breaking point after I made that jump to heroin and I just knew if I didn't make a change I would ultimately lose my life. I was passing by a police department and I just made the split-second decision to walk in. The police officer greeted me, hope not handcuffs arrived, and saved my life. The first step doesn't need to be the hardest. Let us help guide you to recovery. Go to hopenothandcuffs.com to learn more.